Welcome to Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. My name is Hwai Chen Bui. I'm a USA Today contributor and a pop culture journalist in D.C. And I'm Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the D.C. area. And I am Anya Crittenton, an associate editor for The Tracking Board. So this week's episode is very associated with um, Pokemon Go, because last week it hit the internet and the world like uh, like a stick of dynamite. There was just everybody started playing the game. Um, basically, society is no longer the same, <laughs> uh, and it's you know police have issued warnings of like where you you know where it's safe to play. Poke stops are now listed as a category on Yelp. Uh, it's you know, there have been uh, articles about how people have been feeling better about themselves because they're going outside more. Um, there's also the other side of that where people are finding dead bodies or they're getting robbed. Um, so it's a big, very complicated video game that is taking everybody by storm. So we've figured we'd talk about it, and we'd also talk about more broadly the um, evolution of video gaming and how where, where we see it going mm-hmm. from here because this is kind of like a milestone. Uh, because augmented reality uh, until now hasn't really been a thing that people played regularly on their cell phones. It was very niche. Um, Everyone thought the next thing would be virtual reality. And it it is. Um, They're both kind of the same, Mm -hmm. like, for mobile and for consoles. They're basically... Reality is now going to be a a part of video games, Mm -hmm. and we could talk about that more. It's a game changer, (laughs) for lack of a better word. (laughs) Um, so, Anya and I aren't very familiar with Pokemon Go, um, other than what we've been seeing in the news and stuff, because neither of us have downloaded the game. We'll be, well, actually downloaded earlier while we were, before we, were, we started recording. Um, but Willoughby is the only one who is fully in the swing of the game, yeah. and um, he is, I think, I think you really like it, right? I do. I really like it. It's really fun. Um, I really like how they integrate the, the Pokemon into the camera, where, and how you take, uh, like, how you actually can catch the Pokemon. Like, earlier, before we were podcasting, um, there were, we're in American University right now, and there was a Raticate in the ward classroom we're in right now. And it was really fun, because it was, like, perched on the table, and it was really fun, because it's, like, there's a Pokemon in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So I caught it, and it was fun. And then... Um, uh, HT, you just downloaded the game and you were playing Charmander. You you caught a Charmander on the on our desk. Yeah. Uh, so that was really fun. Uh, and it's just it's been really cool and like kind of like hopes and dreams fulfilled for everyone who's ever played Pokemon, who's like ever really obsessed with it. Like as a child, like playing Pokemon quote unquote in real life is really kind of something that everyone has wanted to do. Um, who's from our generation, the, anyway. Yeah, from our generation, who's played the game, who really likes Pokemon. Um, you know, last week I, I told you, this was my really, really like, and at the time it had only been a couple days out, and I had gone down to the mall at, with a friend, and we had like caught Pokemon like all over the mall, and we went down to the Tidal Basin. We caught like I caught like three Psyducks. It was crazy, um, and the cool thing is that uh, you know they're, they're not. The Pokemon aren't limited to just like Pidgey and Rattatas. They're like where wherever you go, location bases where you can get more Pokemon. Like I guess you know in in hot deserted areas, you get more Fire type Pokemon's. Um, so it's really interesting. Um, I like how they've mapped out the world um, so you can play Pokemon basically anywhere, mm-hmm. um, except like underground, <laughs> and if you don't have any service. 
Um, <laughs> although there is Zubat. Always limited by that. Yeah, there there is there are Zubats in the metro if you can get ser- service, so that's fun. That darn thing. Uh, um, so, I, and I guess um, the big kind of like funny running joke is that there's three teams that people can be a part of when you hit level five. Um, and I really don't know the person. It's like Hogwarts houses, but they're really undefined. And people are like a lot of the, the memes on the Internet are about the teams that you can be a part of. So that's the thing. Um, and it's just it's it's a really enjoyable experience. There's a lot of people who like criticize it or, or like. Um, Say it's like this is the end. Yeah, or they talk about how like you know, I don't know. They uh, a friend described criti- critics of Pokemon Go as condescending mom, <laughs> um, which is just I don't know. It just seems like people who don't who people who complain about Pokemon Go, they're not letting other people have fun. And mm-hmm. I feel like you need to just let people live and have fun. And I think that this is you know. It gets people out of the house, and it gets people to actually go to places because Pokestops are like actual places you can go to. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pokestops right next to Ward are the, are the uh, two donkey and elephant statues <laughs> from the political circus carousel uh, <laughs> thing at AU. Um, so, oh, AU! So that's fun. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's Pokemon Go. I'm really liking it. Um, you see, you've had about 15 minutes of experience with it. What do you think? <laughs> well, Anya, I want to know what your thoughts are first as someone who hasn't really um, played Pokemon Go and is kind of watching from the outside, I guess. But you still have uh, affection for Pokemon growing up in the 90s. Yeah, no, for sure. I was definitely into Pokemon growing up. Um, I have like, nothing against the game. It seems really fun. I love seeing how happy it's making people. Um, my thing has just been, like, I just know that I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that if I were to download it, I would either A, play it all the time and neglect other things, or B, never play it because I'm doing other things and neglect the game. And so I just I just haven't been kind of inspired to download it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I will one day. Um, but yeah, I have nothing against it. It seems really fun. I'm really happy for everyone. Um, I, all the articles make me laugh um, <laughs> about it, to be honest. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it seems really great. The technology is really exciting. Um, I have been wondering about, I like, I wonder about the repetitive nature of the game, if that will eventually kind of set in. Right. And like, if, like... It's a trend, essentially. Yeah, because I guess, you know, like, you're around and you, like, catch Pokemon and you go to gyms and you go to Pokestops and, like, I kind of wonder, like, after a couple months, will it get repetitive... And not as fun anymore. Um, and, like, I know we were saying that you can catch different types of Pokemon de- depending on, like, um, location. But then, like, I mean, they don't have, like, all 151, do they? Yeah, they do. They have up to me, up to me too. Oh, really? Like, you can, like, catch? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, they've caught. Um, um, I just, uh, I, and I think they're, they're, putting out more more Pokemon of the 150 in more places because um, I've been kind of playing playing Pokemon like once a, once a day like in my own apartment and just yesterday I saw it coughing for the first time and I was like oh shit I gotta get a coughing <laughs> so I caught it um, and so I think that it, but other, otherwise it, it had just been Pidgeys and Oddishes and Ratatas mm-hmm. um, so and I and to to your point about the repetitive nature Anya I know that in the future in other updates, they're going to be releasing like 
you can then trade with people, um, like which is a big part of the, the old video games, and then you can also uh, battle other people like in real time. Whereas mm-hmm. right now with gyms, you're kind of just battling a Pokemon that another person has placed there as like a as a defender of the gym. So in the okay. fu- in the future, it'll be more like the actual video game, but in a more um, real life sense where you can actually like HT and I in the room could play like we could battle okay. Pokemon or mm-hmm. we could trade like our Bulbasaur and Squirtle or whatnot. So it's it's fun. Um, awesome. It's, well, I'm excited to see what the updates bring. Yeah, this is kind of just like the first stage of of it, but it hopefully it gets more. And then if they you know if they do the thing where they release more Pokemon like the Johto League or you yeah, know everything, everything from Ruby and Sapphire and Diamond and Black and White and XY and Sun and Moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only I think maybe each song will have a comeback too because right now the most streamed song on Spotify right now is the Pokemon theme song. Yeah. Which we know oh my which I'm sure we all know by heart. But I remember I only remember remember the um of the spin offs. Or rather, like the sequels, like Johto. Yeah, Johto. I remember that one. It's like Pokemon Johto. Yeah. I don't know. I might like remember it later. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I sometimes wonder if like augmented reality is just another fad because uh, there was actually another augmented reality game that came out before Pokemon that like made a bunch of um, waves when it was released, but then kind of just petered off. I can't remember the, na- the name of this game for the life of me. Ingress. Ingress. Which okay. is also a, the, com- the same company that did Pokemon Go, Ni- oh. Niantic Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did Ingress, and they actually took all the location data from Ingress and, and just mapped it onto Pokemon Go. Mm. Um, so all the Pokestops are actually the, the same, I guess, whatever whatever they are in Ingress is the same place. Um, that was more of a very, that was a very science fiction um, niche-based mm-hmm. video game that only like the hardcore, you know, gamers, early adopter video gamers, science fiction nerds were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it had it definitely had not taken off as 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 well as Pokemon Go did. Yeah. Um, in fact, I, um, my old cell phone uh, that, I, that I that I just replaced had Ingress built into the cell phone. I never played it because it it looked like a data killer. Mm. Um, but. It was it was part it was part of the bloatware that was on my phone when I got it. Uh-huh. So I actually couldn't. I mean, is Pokemon couldn't, Go also a data killer? It is. It is. It's very much. But I I figured I would play Pokemon Go because I like it. Yeah, and you don't, you, don't, you don't know what Ingress is. Yeah, I had no that's, idea what Ingress was for, funny, for like, like a year. That's what the Samsung bloatware is. Whereas like Apple, we get like the stocks thing yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you, you you get healthcare and. Like travel tips or whatnot. Yeah, actually, um, I remember. I remember when I read about Ingress. It actually sounded really cool. Yeah. Um, because like Ingress is more of a, uh, like a political, philosophical sort of game. Like you end up to choose a faction in Ingress, um, and like that faction kind of, um, favors certain philosophical like mentalities. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just choose the one that, like, you want to be part of for, like, the revolution or whatever. That's kind of like Pokemon Go, where there's three different teams and you choose, and they're all based on different, like, philosophies of life. Yeah, but people don't really pay attention to those. No, I I just pick red because red's one of my favorite colors. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think people pick based on, like, who, where, what team their friends are on. Yeah, that's also it. Um, but yeah, uh, my reaction to Pokemon Go was kind of the same as Anya's uh, initially. Like, I was like, I don't know if I have the time for this. I never really played the Pokemon 
games actually when I was younger. I watched the TV show religiously, and I have I still have my album full of like the Pokemon trading cards. But I never like got into the game. I think I played one game, like the first one that came out. But then I never, I kind of lost interest in it. So I thought like that sort of lack of interest would kind of translate over to Pokemon Go. But reading more stories about it and seeing like how beneficial it's been for people who like just kind of usually sit inside and really don't go out, I'm like, okay, maybe this would be good for me. Maybe it'll like encourage me to go outside, walk some more, meet new people. People are meeting people actually on Pokemon Go and like. I don't know if like those are fake stories because some people are like, oh yeah, I met this person and we're going on a date now and yeah. stuff like that. And I'm like, those sound cute, but they also sound kind of fake, <laughs> like Reddit fake stories. But who knows? I think it's I think it's still pretty good. Like con- despite all of like the terrible uh, panic news stories that are coming out, like not even that many yeah. people just like are fixating on those because they don't really know what this technology is and like where it's going, which is interesting because like I don't think we've had a video game like this that has been such a landmark game like that has changed like our lifestyle so much and we, we really haven't mm-hmm. um not in the sense that i mean people have always played like there's you know certain video games that everyone knows like the zelda and mario games and mm-hmm. halo and you know uh kingdom hearts like those three kind of, are kind of like mainstays for our generations and gen- and like the generation prior to that but they were you know limited to the household you couldn't mm-hmm. take that game with you Whereas I think that's what makes Pokemon Go so different mm-hmm. is that it's it's the augmented reality part, aspect of it that's really changing how everyone views the the mobile gaming industry. It's already mm-hmm. bigger than Ca- Candy Crush and po- and uh, Angry Birds mm-hmm. and the, that Kim Kardashian game. So it's, <laughs> it's already like the, the number one app on on everything. Uh, so what do you guys think that? Pokemon Go means for the future of gaming and like for our future lifestyles really. Do you think this is like a big impact? Um, Anya, I want to hear your thoughts first. Um, I think that it will be a slow impact. What does that mean? Um, I mean, I think that technology, I mean, technology is always going to advance and you're always going to have new things coming in technology, but like something that like completely changes our lifestyle for good and like permanently and starts taking a hold of other aspects of our lives, like, I don't think you're going to be seeing that for at least several more years. Um, Like, Pokemon Go is having an impact in the immediate in certain senses of, like, a cultural impact, and people are playing it, and everyone's kind of bonding over it, and you're getting outside. But, like, in terms of, like, the actual technology coming in and really altering our lives in a bigger, more permanent way, I don't think we will see that for several years, mostly because, I mean, that's just kind of how technology moves, like, it, it takes its time, and you have to test certain things out, and certain things stick, and certain things don't, and that's just kind of the nature of progress, um, and progress can be slow, and so I think we won't see kind of that big change for some time. Yeah, and I think augmented reality is going to Will be will will take slower than virtual reality is. Um, right now, there's two main uh, console. I guess yeah, consoles for vir- virtual reality. You've got the Oculus Rift, which was a Kickstarter a couple years ago that was bought by Facebook, um, and, uh, and you've also got the HTC Vive, which is just another company doing virtual reality. They're very similar headsets, um, although. Um, the Vive has hand uh, controls, mm-hmm. and the Oculus Rift you actually get a Xbox controller. Um, so, and you actually you both have to have 
well, with both, you have to have, um, like, PC video game, like, um, a video game PC that's enabled for, like, hardcore video gaming. Um, and you really can't be, like, a casual gamer playing it yet. Um, and these are kind of the first two virtual reality, like, major advances in virtual reality, like, video gaming. Um, I know that Nintendo had the Virtual Boy, like, nearly 30 years ago. Um, that was kind of just a fad and a trend. And But now it seems that there's plenty of companies who are want, who are doing virtual reality. You've got the PlayStation VR coming out in the fall. Um, Samsung already has their Gear VR headset, which you can just put your phone right into and play games and watch and watch 360-degree uh, videos in the headset. But the Oculus and the Vive are kind of these like it's they're basically the Xbox and the PlayStation, but for virtual reality. Um, yeah, and then I think the other thing going off what you're saying, Willoughby, is that like the other thing about technology and like it kind of impacting our lives and being the future and stuff is that it's it depends on your wealth honestly not everyone can afford these kind of technologies and so like you're gonna see like it's not gonna be kind of an accessible attainable thing for everyone um and that's kind of gonna create like a shift i guess very much so the oculus and the vive are are 800 and 600 or no, uh, 600 and 800, respectively. So they're very expensive for casual people who play video games and, like, modern middle-income America. Um, th- this is, these are really, it's, it's, it's mainstream, but it's also really niche right now. It's, I'd say I, it's kind of like, um, like the DVD player at the high, at the beginning of its, um, or the VHS player at the, at the beginning of its Prime, where it's a thousand dollars and only like three people in the world have it. So um, there, it's definitely going to become like as time, like you said, Anya, progresses, um, we're going to get probably cheaper hardware um, and more accessible virtual reality headsets for people. And then I think on the flip side, with mobile gaming, I think Pokemon Go is really one of like almost like it's a watershed moment where other companies are going to say, "Oh, this is." feasible and attainable, we can do something similar. Mm-hmm. So we're probably going to get in the co- next couple of years more augmented reality games that more people are going to play, but I feel like Pokemon Go is definitely going to be the number one for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as for how society functions, we make a joke that Pokemon's already changing things, but I think that more realistically it's going to be a, like a good month of Pokemon Go you know, Enveloping everybody, and then it's going to become more cash, more casual based, mm-hmm. where people are going to be like, "Oh yeah, I went home and played Pokemon Go for an hour before we're doing homework or something like that." Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to track that because we really don't. I mean, I don't think anyone expected Pokemon Go to be this big this quickly. Yeah. I had been kind of looking at looking forward to it for a couple months since they since they announced it for real, um, and I've been kind of just like tracking. To, you know, and it didn't really seem anybody else besides like other like a couple other people were like super excited for it. But now suddenly, it was released and announced, and everyone's playing it. And it's it's like it's taken. I was taken surprised by how many people were starting to play it. I definitely um, was. And so, it, it, that kind of takes you kind of have to take that into account, so that we don't really know some sometimes how things will will hit hit society and pop culture. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to have to wait and see. But I'm excited for it because I, I, like, I, like I like thinking of the future. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I think it was definitely aided by the fact that it was Pokemon and it has that nostalgia element and the fact that the people who are the main demographic for buying mobile games and that kind of stuff are the generation that grew up on Pokemon. So The it's original just, mobile the game. The original <laughs> mobile game, yeah. So they are like the prime target and just kind of boomed because of that. So it's like a combination of factors. And yeah, I think no one expected the augmented, to rea- augmented reality to be so like easy. It's just basically like a Snapchat filter almost. Yeah, it's basically you put your camera, it turns on your camera and it puts a little Pokemon mm-hmm. somewhere in in the background of the picture and mm-hmm. then you throw the Pokeball. It's 3D, so it's going it, to, or all like three-dimensional graphics. So mm-hmm. like you see it fly and, you, and it goes further and it's it's very simple, but people are captivated by it. I think the simplicity was what made it so popular and what made yeah. it so uh, successful. Um, I think a lot of people are put off by the by virtual reality because it's so intense. Yeah, and it's just like it's this massive headset yeah. over your head that you can't. You know, if you get claustrophobia, you're going to get claustrophobic, mm-hmm. and you also might get motion sickness if you're motion sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's still only seen as a tool for hardcore gamers and stuff, although I know virtual reality is trying to, like, um, spread out more to other areas outside of gaming. Yeah, you can get 360 video, which I talked about Mm -hmm. on the podcast earlier. Yeah. Um, And that's a big thing. I saw some videos for the Oculus, and they actually, it looked actually pretty neat. There was one where it was, like, a dinosaur in a museum, Mm -hmm. and you had to, like, run away from it. So that was actually pretty, it was, like, more realistic than Jurassic Park. Yeah. I remember when I was at South by um, South by Southwest, there was uh, a little virtual reality sort of segment mm-hmm. area. Like um, you could try out different kinds of virtual reality stuff, and there's like virtual reality music videos, virtual reality just experiences, and not so much about gaming, but just about like all the, all other aspects of entertainment. So it was really fascinating, and like not even solely limited to the headset. There was one that was just like a dome almost, Ooh. which is really cool. It like projected the entire thing, and you could see almost like um, one of those air and space kind of things, like the planetarium. Yeah, like a planetarium. So yeah, it was. It's really cool. Like it. It's interesting to see that's not just limited to what we generally think of or like generally stereotype virtual reality as Mm -hmm. so um yeah i think augmented reality was kind of genius for its simplicity and um i'm i'm more intrigued in like what other games will be coming out after this i i would be really excited for a harry potter game i was gonna say you should you should name your article that you wrote for usa yeah i wrote an article for usa today talking about uh, several other franchises that could do really well with a pokemon goes type augmented reality game and Harry Potter would be number one with the bullet because yes, just it'd be so great. Dueling other users with like on the game, you know, searching for potions, elements. We already kind of do this stuff on Pottermore too, mm-hmm. but it like, would be a good meshing of, of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Pottermore should get on that. Just saying. J.K. Rowling is already getting getting like <laughs> patents for Harry Potter Go. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. I would buy it. I would. I would pay for that. Literally, I would. Same. I would definitely. I would definitely spend waste. Not waste my time, but I would <laughs> like consciously choose to spend time playing a Harry Potter game more than I would a Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked a little bit about gaming in the future, but like, are any of us really video gamers? Uh, Anya, what is your kind of past? I guess like your past experience with video gaming. Are you? Would you? Um, I mean, I definitely played video games growing up. Um, Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts mm-hmm. were like the two biggest franchises. 
Um, Kingdom Hearts is kind of the only video game that I still follow, um, and it, if and when Kingdom Hearts 3 ever comes <laughs> out, I will definitely, like, try and make it a priority to play it. Um, it's still the one that I, like, care the most about, but I grew up playing, you know, like, I had an N64 and a PlayStation, um, so I grew up playing, like, Ocarina of Time and Final Fantasy, um, various Super Mario games. Um, so, like, I, I enjoyed it. I always enjoyed playing with friends the most. It was always, like, a very, like, social activity for me. Um, I had a one friend who I played Kingdom Hearts with, uh, one and two. And remember when they each came out, we literally had sleepovers every weekend. And we, like, just played it <laughs> to beat each game. Um, it was, like, a very big thing. Um, and then, like, video games in college were always big. We played them in our dorm rooms a lot. So, I mean, video games have been really fun to me. I'm not, that's not, like, my... Thing. Um, but they're fun. Um, you know, I don't, like, research or read about them a lot, but I enjoy them. Yeah, I'd consider myself a casual gamer as well. Um, I basically play the same games as you. Kingdom Hearts is my one and only true love in games. I'm still waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3, but I've also downloaded all the other off-console games. Not downloaded, like, I bought all the other off-console games, like yes. 358 over two days and those kind of things. Um, so... Yeah, I haven't played a lot of games outside of, like, my PS2 or my N64. Um, and that's why I think, like, Pokemon Go has been so successful and appealing to the casual gamer and not just, like, the hardcore gamer. I know Willoughby has played a, bu- uh, a few more games than me and Anya have. I would say, I mean, I'm definitely not a hardcore gamer. I'd say medium level? <laughs> I don't know, like, medium well done. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I definitely like I had all the same games you guys just listed except I didn't have PlayStation so I didn't have Kingdom Hearts mm. um, but I, we were definitely a Nintendo family and then um, I got an Xbox 10 years ago I basically played the Star Wars Battlefront games to death on both both games on that Xbox um, and then I was very into Game Boy and Nintendo DS I had a, a ton of games for that including the Pokemon games um, and then mainly it was Super Smash Brothers Melee with friends on at sleepovers. We would play until the all hour, all hours of the night, just playing Hyrule Temple, just or the Hyrule Castle nice. uh, level. We always did, we always did Mario Kart or Mario Party. Mm. Mario Party was a big one with my sleepovers. Yeah. Um. So we, Super Smash Brothers was a big one, and then I think when I got to college, the video gaming kind of fell off because I didn't have the time, mm-hmm. and if we, like, we played Super Smash Brothers Melee in our lounge in, like, freshman year a couple times, but it was very, it was hard because the TV was so far up, and you had to, like, plug the GameCube in, so it just became, like, a hassle. Um, Do you want to know what game was big in my college years? What? So the game that me and my friends played all the time in our dorm was Mario Tennis. <gasps> really? I love Mario Tennis so yes. much. Yes, <laughs> and me, me and my friend... Reese, who was one of my like closest friends in college, he and I would always be a team. Mm. Um, we always do like doubles, and we would always play his two roommates. Um, and Reese and I would always kick their butts because Reese and I were like the best team. Nice. Um, so Mario Tennis was like a big thing <laughs> in college for me, randomly enough. That's really funny. I used to play Mario Tennis a lot when I was a kid because my one of my cousins had it. So whenever we had like family parties, we would just end up playing Mario Tennis the entire time for hours too. We were obsessed with that game. I miss Just Dance. That was a good game. Oh, yeah. I remember, like, there was Just Dance. There was uh, Dance Dance Revolution. There was a lot more of, like, those 
um, physical, interactive. interactive activity sort of video games that kind of fell by the wayside, like Wii Fit. That was really big for a while, too. I had the Wii, and I played the tennis game a lot. Mm-hmm. I was, like, the number one champion in my family for that. Nice. Um, and then I played the baseball game a couple of and the bowling, not the boxing game. The boxing game was tough because mm. you had to use the the Wii controller, but also the weird like like thing yeah. that attached to it. Yeah, yeah. I had to. That was because you had to like go back and forth, and mm-hmm. that was a lot. Um, and the that was one thing. The Wii tried their tried to revolutionize gaming with more interactivity, and it did it for a while. But then people were like, "Well, we want to play more console based games that are more like Xbox and PlayStation," and then they they brought back a actual controller for the Wii U, but honestly, I didn't even see... I was at a Target the other day, I I saw the Xbox being sold, and I saw the PlayStation being sold, but I didn't see any Wii U consoles, so like, I just didn't know... I feel like Nintendo has kind of fallen a little bit in Mm -hmm. terms of the console wars. Like, they were always kind of trying their best to either one-up... Like, they definitely one-upped uh, Xbox and PlayStation with the Wii because then PlayStation and Xbox came out with the Kinect and uh, those PlayStation controllers that kind of looked like the the, the Wii controllers. Um, that was also kind of Kinect base, based, where you, it, there was a camera and you saw and the camera saw you. Um, but then everyone's kind of gone back to more traditional console. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then there's virtual reality, which PlayStation's getting a getting ahead of before Microsoft or Nintendo do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, casual gaming has always been kind of, like, in my life, but I'd never say, like, I never spent hours playing, like, I don't know, the only the first game that comes to mind is, like, Destiny, mm-hmm. which is a new game that came out. Or, like, the... I have plenty of friends who've played the Dragon Age games or the, um... Oh, what's the one? Uh, Skyrim. The... Yeah, Skyrim. Skyrim, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Elder Scrolls is the bigger game. Yeah, I see those on Tumblr all the time. People, yeah. are, people who are hardcore into gaming love those kind of games. Yeah, like my best friend from Connecticut, she's a massive gamer, so she would list. She can list all the games that I just didn't list right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, and like a big game, a big part of it is like the RPG elements, mm-hmm. and I think that the RPG elements that everyone is so invested in are being slowly brought over into more real life with the augmented reality. Because mm-hmm. basically, if you think about it, Pokemon was always kind of a an RPG because you were role-playing mm-hmm. as a Pokemon trainer, and now you kind of get to do that in real life mm-hmm. with these quote-unquote real Pokemon that are running around that you can catch. Yeah, so we might get missions or quests or something like that in yeah. Pokemon Go. So there's really no there's really no storyline, and that's the, the, the hard thing I try to, like, explain to like people who don't get it mm-hmm. and trying to be like it's just fun there's really no plot or storyline you catch pokemon and you can train them and battle them with, with at gyms and that's kind of it mm-hmm. but i mean that's the fun part yeah there's really nothing to, to go with there's nothing there, right now there's nothing to that mm-hmm. besides the the surface level of those games so I think Pokemon Go has done a really good job of appealing to the casual gamer like ourselves. But I wonder what hardcore gamers think about Pokemon Go. Um, if any hardcore gamers follow us or listen to our podcast, <laughs> uh, tell, let us know on Twitter or Facebook. I, and just yeah, I, yeah. I'd really, I'm really curious. I would be too. Yeah, I'm I'm not super hardcore. Yeah, I wonder if it's disrupting the hardcore gaming in any way. Because like it's rustling the jimmies. Yeah, well, it's disrupting. <laughs> 
reality, like yeah. the real world. So I wonder if it's doing that any of that to um, the rest of the gaming community. There's just tons of people who just haven't been online because they're outside <laughs> playing Pokemon. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, Anya, do you have any questions about Pokemon Go? Um, not really. I mean, Willoughby answered a lot of them for me. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I'm still not, like, you know, entirely compelled to download it. And again, it's something against the game. Like, it seemed really fun. I'm sure I'd have fun playing it. I just I do it. I'm so busy and, you know, it just hasn't really become a thing for me yet. Um, I was joking, um, the other day that, like, I love technology and I love reading about, like, technological advancements. But, like, I almost feel like because I'm a history major, I'm always, like, looking backwards at technology advancements. I'm always like, tell me more about the printing press. <laughs> <laughs> the Google <laughs> So, like, I'm, like, I, like, I love, like, like, technology advancements and, like, how society, like, progresses and, like, all the things that we can achieve. But I'm always like, all right, like, let's look backwards to look forwards. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's the history buff in me. I just, I love history. Um... But, um, so yeah, so I'm, like, technology, I'm, like, very appreciative of it, and I love that I have it, um, but, like, I will let all the aficionados of that kind of, like, take the reins on that one for me, and I'll just kind of enjoy the ride, while also, you know, being like, man, the invention of the television really revolutionized things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's just kind of me, I'm just kind of like, yeah, technology's great, I'm gonna go over here and read my book about the... You know, the invention of the airplane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so I'm just kind of like sitting over here, being like, I love all the work you guys do. Thanks. And we, I guess we. So should, that's me. And it's funny that you bring up the history because I think this is the weekend. This is the the anniversary of the moonshot. Um, I think last a couple of days ago. Buzz Aldrin tweeted something. The moon, la- the moon the, landing. Oh. Yeah. Well, like going to the moon. Oh, first. okay, okay. And I think maybe this either tomorrow or the next day is when they actually land but it's funny that you bring up history and like specific milestones in history well do you want to know what today is what is today today is disneyland's birthday oh Uh, you wouldn't know that is it not is it not hold on no it is because i've had like multiple friends be like happy birthday disneyland (laughs) there you go it's the the 61st okay 61st birthday of disneyland Happy birthday, Disneyland! Yay! Wait, I thought this year was the 60th anniversary. No, that was last year. It was it was opened in 1955. Oh, so it was um, their their celebration their celebrations go on for a while. I was gonna say like I, I thought you I thought I saw like pics from you at Disneyland like this year in 2016 celebrating the 60th. Mm. Oh yes, no, it started last year. Um, the 60th anniversary celebration is ending this fall. Oh wow! Oh okay. wow! So they're celebrating it for two years. They're basically. celebrating it for more than the actual year of the anniversary. Oh yeah. Okay. Disney, Disney, makes, Disney goes hard. That That's makes so sense. Funny. I was like this. This anniversary's been going on for a while now. Yeah, Disney goes hard. That's that's very <laughs> Disney of them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, do you have any last thoughts on Pokemon Go? Pokemon Go. Um, I'm excited to see how it progresses and how we deal with it in the future. I think it's going to be interesting. We're, we're on a college campus right now, and mm. it's empty. But I think that in the fall, you know, college kids are going to come back to school, and they're going to be playing Pokemon Go until out, instead of all-nighters of studying, they're just going to be outside catching gasolies and whatnot. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating for me. I'm also um, 
really interested in technology, but not actually a user of much of the new found technology, I mm -hmm. guess. Um, but it's just like, it's so fascinating to me how much this has changed people's way of lives. Although, you know, like, like you guys were saying, it might not be permanent. It might just be like a big fad for a while, and then people will just kind of go back to their ordinary lifestyles. And it might be more integrated, more, might be com more integrated. calmly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Pokemon Go, it's, it's, it's really exciting, I think. I think we are at one of those milestones that Anya was talking about. It might not be as big as the printing press, but... In 20 years, we're going to be looking back and being, remember when Pokemon Go was released? That was a fun year. <laughs> Where were you when Pokemon Go was released? <laughs> Oh my that god. That sounded very foreboding and very <laughs> Mad Max like. And this is the end of all things. Uh, well, I mean, in a year where we've had some pretty terrible things happen, it's yeah. nice to have something positive. Yeah. I think so. I think a lot of people are seeing this as a foreboding thing, being like, oh, people are going to get more in accidents, people are going to get like robbed or shot. But I honestly don't think that. I think people have common sense and mm -hmm. they can realize, you know. Oh, there's a Pokemon Pokestop down that alley. I'm not gonna get that. I can get the Pokeball somewhere else. Maybe yeah, I it's like all these museum. all these stories have come out of like people being like hit by cars or people being like mugged while they're playing Pokemon Go, and mm. it's like like it sucks, but like it's not the game's fault, and like these kind of things are still gonna happen. Yeah, they happen no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, even if we don't have Pokemon Go, so it's not like oh, Pokemon Go is like destroying society. That's just silly. Yeah. It's just the baby boomers. Yeah. Well, no, it's just, I'm just the, kidding. It's just the item of the moment, so that's why people want to peg that kind of news to Pokemon Go. Yeah. Although there was a really funny story that I just read this morning about Pokemon Go causing a stampede in New York. I heard about that because in, there was in Central Park. In Central Park, because there was a rare Pokemon sighted, and there was a video of like this actual people just stampeding this park crazy <laughs> i love it i know i love that kind of story like i don't think it's the like a sign of the underworld but i think yeah. it, it's a Pokemon, really great sign Pokemon go is just the world's largest human interest story right now mm -hmm. so I, I don't know i don't think there's i mean there's there's going to be negativity and bad sides to everything in the world but i think if you look at the positive side and have hope that this is a good thing for people this mm -hmm. is going to be good yeah and I think that's a great note to end our Pokemon Go discussion on. Cool. Hope. <laughs> uh, so let's segue over to the last segment of our episode. I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. I really, 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 really like you. So, um, Anya, let's start with you. What do you really, really like for this week? So, this week I'm just really liking... Um, being excited about things that you love. Um, I'm specifically thinking about, um, I'm starting to get really excited for Comic-Con, which is in less than a week, and I'm going to be going. Um, and it's it's a stressful experience. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of people and a lot of stress, but it's really fun, and I'm excited um, to go this year. I'm really excited. There's some panels I'm really looking forward to, um, especially American Gods. Because um, Brian Fuller will be there, and I believe Neil Gaiman will be there, which, if he is, I will die. Oh, my God. Um, I know. Tell him I love him. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> and, like, last night, um, I went to, like, a pre-Comic-Con party. So, in Los Angeles, there's this, like, big dance party called Booty LA. Mm -hmm. And it has, it, has a, it has a theme every time they do one. So, last night, the theme was pre-Comic-Con, and so, like... Mm -hmm. They played, like, they played, like, popular music and a lot of throwbacks, and they also played, like, geeky techno mashups, um, and there was, like, a costume contest, and you could get, like, uh, spray-painted, or, like, airbrush tattoos. I got, I was wearing a Batman dress, so I got, um, a Robin mask painted onto my face. Oh. Uh. 
Um, I can post a photo later. Um, so, you know, I'm just, like, enjoying, like, you know, being excited about things and, like, celebrating what makes you happy and just kind of embracing that. So, that's my thing this week. That's a lovely thing, Anya. I'm really <laughs> excited about your Comic-Con adventure, and if you do meet Neil Gaiman, yes, please tell him I love him. And also Brian Fuller. Um, yes, Brian Fuller. Oh, yes. the best. Although I'm a little bit nervous about American Gods now because they just recently cast Dane Cook. But, like, Dane Cook, his character in the book is, like, hardly in it, so I'm yeah. wondering if, I'm, I'm, you, know, I'm, you know, hopefully he just won't have a big role. <laughs> hopefully. Maybe he'll be like Vince Vaughn in True Detective Season 2. <laughs> <laughs> that was... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we do not speak of True Detective Season 2. <sighs> Anyways, um, Willoughby, what is your really, really like for this week? Uh, Star Wars Celebration Europe was this past weekend from, like, Thursday to today. Um, they announced uh, not a lot. They they officially announced that um, Alden Ehrenreich is the new Han Solo um, for Christmas. Officially? Yeah. No, no, yeah. They officially announced it. Um, uh, for uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, uh, their, Star, their Star Wars spinoff Han Solo movie that's coming out in, like, 2018. So I guess principal shooting for that begins in January. Um, other than that, weirdly, there wasn't a lot of news from Star Wars Celebration, which is kind of interesting. Um, it was more of just um, panels of the f- filmmakers talking about their experiences on on the sets and how you know basically how how Star Wars: The Force Awakens has been because um, that was the huge thing. Um, Mark Hamill did a panel. Carrie Fisher did one. It, you know, um, today was the future filmmakers panel, so they had they, that's where they announced the the casting for Han Solo officially. Um, but on Friday, I believe they had the Rogue One panel, and they released a poster and a celebration reel. And that celebration reel was so good; it's very similar to the one that they that they did for the Force Awakens uh, at Comic Con last year. Mm-hmm. Um, where it was all behind the scenes stuff, and it was all the filmmakers talking about how excited they are for the film. Um, but it was also like really well, well, well shot and well edited. Um, I'm just, I'm very excited for Rogue One. It's very much the war film of the Star Wars films. Um, and I don't know, I'm, I, you know, you know me, I'm all, all about Star Wars all the time. So this has just been kind of a, a fun weekend for that. That's um, good. For reading up on the news and. Uh, they're, they've been live streaming their entire all the panels uh, for most well actually most of the panels and a lot of the um, like there's like a Star Wars show from Lucasfilm and they went to celebration this this year and they like they're doing like interviews with like people from like uh, you know producers and uh, set designers and stuff so it's really it's just been a lot of fun stuff to watch um, on, um, on, on YouTube's account. Yeah. Who will be? Yeah. Um, I'm really glad that they gave us more information about Rogue One and the characters because do you remember last year how our whole thing was it was Donald Gleason playing? Yeah, yeah. Donald I like, will never, I will never forget last year when like you and I would just constantly be like, Donald Gleason, who are you playing? Who are you? Yeah. What were some of your theories for that? Uh, Luke Skywalker's son. Okay. Um, a rebel pilot who is defected to the Empire. Or vice Which versa. was still, uh, like, my, I, uh, man, I still dream of him being, like, a <laughs> rebel person defected. That would have been so interesting. Yeah. Um, but, 
Yeah, because a lot of people were thinking uh, there was a big rumor that he was Luke Skywalker's son. I remember he like tweeted something and then it got deleted. Uh, he was he said something. He said something he probably shouldn't have. Yeah. But it did that didn't turn out to be true because he's he was General Hux. But like at Comic Con they were announcing like who people were at celebration. They were announcing like who's playing who, and then uh, it was they had the bad guys, uh, and then I don't know. I think they didn't say who General Hux was. Or no, they at celebration they didn't, but at Comic Con they they announced it. But like for two months, Anya and I were going back and forth, going, "Who is Donald Gleason playing? This is great!" Also, can I just say, speaking of like Luke's children, possible children, there's like my heart still wants Ray to be a Kenobi. Me too, actually. That's my like, hope. That's still kind of my dream. And my boy. My boy Obi Wan getting some <laughs> back in the day. Then. You no, know, he deserves some happiness. <laughs> he did. He does. He had an awful life. I reblog a lot of sad Obi Wan gift sets on Tumblr, yeah. and it's just he kind of he he lost a lot of people. He did, but yeah, my I just hoped that Ray is Obi Wan's um, daughter or granddaughter. granddaughter. It would be granddaughter. Yeah, granddaughter, I guess, because like the Skywalkers have done enough. I don't want the entire Star Wars series just to be like, the Skywalkers fuck up the the universe again. the Kenobi family comes in and screws everything up. (laughs) Exactly. Now it can be a Kenobi instead. No, the Kenobi has to save... Kenobi family has to save the the galaxy from what the Skywalker family is doing. Basically. Because Kylo Ren is half Skywalker. That's true, that's true. Spoilers for Star Wars The Force Awakens, by the way. (laughs) 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 What, six months after the movie came out? Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. (laughs) Spoilers. <laughs> Actually, no, seven months. It's July 17th, and I saw it December 17th. Oh, of course, you remember this. So. Exactly. Oh, that's cute. That's really cute. That's me. <laughs> All right. All right, uh, All right, my really, really like is a bit nostalgic. Um, I know Willoughby often says his really likes are rewatches and stuff. Um, I did a rewatch of something that is not really in the American pop culture sense. It was a rewatch of this Japanese drama called Nobuta Wo Produce, which means producing Nobuta. Um, I didn't really mention this before in this podcast, but um, I actually was never really a big fan of American pop culture movies up in, until high school. Most of my pop culture um, education came from anime and then Japanese dramas, and I watched a lot of Japanese dramas and movies before I saw any of the classics, um, the classic American ones. So a lot of my education comes from that, and I think that it prepared me for some of the slower-moving American movies. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> Japanese movies, while they're beautifully shot and gorgeous, they move so slowly. Um, but yeah, um, Nobutoba Produce, I rewatched it recently because I think I was actually inspired by our last conversation last week about kind of uh, nostalgia and summer reading and stuff and what we associate with our childhoods. And a lot of what I associate with my childhood is when I would watch a lot of Japanese dramas. Um, and they're a little bit different from K-dramas, which are kind of all the rage now in that they're really short. They're only 11 episodes long, and they only last like a season. Um, they're really just kind of short stories, and a lot of them are based off of animes or mangas, so there's a lot more variety in them, and they're not just like soapy. Some of them get a little bit soapy, but they have a lot of comedies and stuff, really absurdist kind of Japanese humor. Um, and Nobuto Produce was, was my favorite one, and probably still is. Um, it's about this um, girl, Nobuta, well, her name is Nobuko, actually, but um, she gets teased a lot. She's kind of really quiet and gets bullied, so um, a lot of people call her Nobuta. Buta means pig, so she gets really bullied, like, 
I don't know about what it is about Japanese dramas, but they really love bullying. And so she gets like water dumped on her in like the bathroom, and like girls start like mopping her up because they're like they're like you're dirty and stuff. Oh man! And like they chase her, and I think throw her in the garbage at one point. Um, My God! No, it's really awful. It's rough. Um, so she gets transferred to this new school, and everyone's like, she's really scary. She looks like the girl from The Ring, and she doesn't talk to anyone. So she naturally starts getting bullied. Um, and the actual main character, um, Kira Shuji, is like the most popular kid in school, but he is kind of really disillusioned about it. He's just like, he kind of lies to everyone. He's like, oh, you guys are all fake, and I'm just like the fakest of all. He just like pretends to get along with everyone. Everybody's like, a big phony. Yeah, yeah and he's just like, Holden Caulfield. yeah, he's very, he's very like that. He's like, life is a game. He's kind of an asshole, actually. Oh, so he's kind of like, and he like sees like Nobuta getting bullied and stuff, and he's like, oh, it'd be really it'd be fun it'd be fun because I'm bored to make her over and turn her into the most popular girl in school it's like she's all that yeah but it actually is really heartwarming because it turns into like she becomes popular and more well liked just for being her so like and he ends up being the one who changes the most and it becomes like this this really sweet story about friendship because like it's him and another kid who's kind of like this weird kid and her and they kind of form like this trio of friends and they try like basically try on like these little adventures to try to make her popular like, oh, so it's not like a bet it's not a bet. Oh, okay. He like he and her and the other guy decide to like make her over and make her more popular so she'll stop being bullied, but also like because they like wanna they're kinda bored and they wanna do something with their youth. Um, but it, in the end, like Shuji, the the popular guy, ends up being the one who's most changed and realizing that people are good and that he loves people and stuff like that, doesn't want to like lie to them all the time because like at one point there's a part where he kind of reaches his downfall. But, like, all the characters are so multifaceted. Like, the girl who actually bullies Nubita the most, um, it turns out to, like, be, like, abused by her boyfriend and stuff. And it's it's really deep and, uh, and really, pro- like, thought-provoking and really heartwarming and does make you cry. Like, I didn't expect to cry again once I watched it, but I, there's, like, a part in episode nine where, like, they all kind of come together, like, three of them as, like, a friends, and, like, I started crying a little bit. Um, so I really liked the fact that it starts off as, like, this really kind of icky concept of being, like, a makeover story, but it turns out to be this heartwarming story about friendship and nostalgia and wanting to kind of just, like, appreciate your youth and, like, the short time you have to just kind of be kids and not have to worry about the stresses of reality and stuff. It's, like, weird. It gets kind of weirdly touching. Um, so if you ever watch a Japanese drama, I... I really encourage you to watch that one. I, you probably won't, but um, there it's a really great story, and I just kind of watched it and like got reminded of my high school years when I was watching it and like real feeling nostalgic again. And that's like one of those stories that make you feel nostalgic for experiences that you never had. Um, but it's really sweet, and I enjoyed rewatching it. So, oh, that's so great! Yeah. So that's my really like for this week. <laughs> that's it for this week in general. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, so if you guys have any thoughts on Pokemon Go or augmented reality, virtual reality, video gaming, definitely come let us know. If you have any thoughts or reactions to Star Wars Celebration or if you guys have rewatched something from your past recently and you've got nostalgic for it or just what you're excited about right now, such as Comic-Con, uh, definitely come let us know. And where can they do that, Willoughby? 
You can find us on Facebook uh, if you search for us there. Uh, we're on Twitter at Falcon Podcast. We have a blog, millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, we're also on iTunes and Google Play where you can both rate, review, and subscribe to us both there. And where can they find you guys? Well, you guys can find me at Anya Crittenton on Twitter. You can find me at HTranBui on Twitter. And I'm at Willoughby Dobbs on Twitter. All right. Thank you for joining us, guys. Bye. Bye.